And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the Skype line with us today is Jerry Newcomb. And Jerry, our listeners are familiar with you. We carry a small piece that you do every Saturday. And thank you so much for coming on the program today. Oh, thank you. Good to be with you. You wrote a, you're always writing, but you wrote a piece that appeared in um, one of the journals, and it was talking about political correctness, basically versus American history. And, I, and one, of, one of the comments was, political correctness one, American history zero. Can you tell us what you were writing about? Sure. It seems like virtually every week, Dan, there are attacks against America as founded. So one of the most recent ones, the one I was writing about, was a school board in California in a a town that's about 30 miles outside of San Francisco. And the school board decided, even though the name of the town is Concord, California, named in honor of the place in Concord, Massachusetts, Mm. where the shot heard around the world occurred, Lexington Concord occurred on April 19, 1775. It was the beginning of the American War for Independence. And uh, again, that's where that phrase, the shot around the world comes from. And so anyway, they had a logo. They have a logo of a Minuteman with his rifle, which was, you know, authentic. Those were the people defending the homeland. Many of them were deacons of their churches and so yeah. forth, or lay leaders in their church. Uh, and so anyway, bottom line is the school board said, oh, you know, we can't have a firearm. And then it's too sexist. You know, only have a man as opposed to a woman and, and so forth. So they decided to instead spend $200,000 to uh, replace the image with a bear. And so it's just oh another my. example, of, you know, political correctness, uh, just scrubbing away, you know, one increment at a time, uh, our our nation's roots, and frankly, even our nation's Judeo-Christian roots, because a lot of people don't realize a lot of those Minutemen were actually lay leaders in their particular church. That was certainly the case in Lexington. And again, Lexington was where the battle began on that fateful day. And then they moved on from there to about seven miles away to uh, Concord nearby. In fact, they were on their way to Concord, they being the British. This was the night, I mean, the night before this occurred. This is when Paul Revere went out and did his famous oh, yeah. uh, ride. You know, the British are coming, the British are coming. And he was warning them. And so, meanwhile, the, the Reverend Jonas Clark, major leader uh, in Lexington, he was the pastor at Lexington, the church at Lexington, the, the Village Green is right there in front of his church. So his church was kind of like that. It was the hub of society, which is true in all these different New England yeah. towns. They would have the New England church and then the town hall next to it. It's kind of the cradle of, of democracy, a representative government in America. So anyway, bottom line is the British are on their way to Concord and they could get confronted by about 70 different Minutemen who were called such because they were uh, available to defend their land in a minute's notice. And most of these, as I say, were, were just the the lay leaders of Reverend Clark's church. And there they were, but there were about 70 of them. So I'm, I, believe, I believe there were other American men that joined this situation. They were told 
by their captain. Do not, do not fire upon anybody. Do not harm anybody unless they fire upon you. Yes. And there was, when the when the soldiers came and there was the confrontation, there was a shot fired, and many people said it, it was somebody on the British side, and maybe it was an accident. I don't know. The you know when you deal with danger, those kinds of things happen, and so the British then ended up killing about a dozen or so of these these men on the village green, one of whom had been recently married, and it was just an awful scene. Then they went on from there, as I say, to seven miles away to Concord, and, and in Concord there were a lot more Americans that were ready, and there there was an out-and-out battle. There's this bridge that they were fighting over, and the American side won, and about 50 years after this battle, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote a, a hymn called the Concord Hymn, and he used that phrase, shot her around the world, and, <laughs> and that phrase has stuck with us ever since representing that day, Lexington Concord. Oh, that's very rich. Thank you so much. This article is a fine article. You wrote it. It appeared in various journals, I guess. I sometimes wonder if we need um, groups of Minutemen today, Jerry. I, I know I'm going out on a limb here, but I believe it's it's allowed constitutionally. Well, I will uh, I will say this um, that when all lawful and peaceful means should be, I believe, exhausted before yes. there's anything like that. They lived in a time when they did not have the Constitution. They did not have the ability to redress grievances from the government. We do. And there are a lot of people who are Christians who, unfortunately, are not voting or if they do vote, they they vote based on personality or <laughs> right. you know smiles or nice tweets versus mean tweets or whatever. They're not really looking at the Christian issues and the Christian perspective on issues. So, so uh, when you talk about you know force and violence, you're starting to cross a line. Now, if if we got to a point where there was a you know another civil war or something like that, heaven forbid. But you know you see the divisions in America. Yes. But in the meantime, in the meantime, let us exhaust all lawful, peaceful means to redress oh. these grievances. Oh, absolutely. So, and, and I'm sure you, you catch me. Oh, I do, uh, I do. I'm just yeah. looking ahead and saying, if something doesn't change, bloodshed is coming, and we will have to defend our families. That's all I'm saying. Right, right. No, I understand. I understand. And, and you know, it's it's interesting how... As you and I are having this discussion, just within a week or two, that man with the song, the country song that shot up to number one, I guess of all kind of songs oh, yeah. on the billboard, you know, about rich men from north of Richmond or something. And he he's addressing something there where millions of Americans feel at this time disenfranchised. They feel like, OK, they we're do. working hard. We're we're trying to provide the you know food for our family. It, it ain't working, you know. And meanwhile, you see these people that are living high off the hog, off of the government trough, and uh, it, it's really terrible. But again, in America, because of the Constitution, we have this ability to redress uh, grievances. I, I tell you, there's an, an unsung hero in American history. Uh, most people know him because of the beer, and that is Sam Adams. And even the beer isn't 
It's not a company he founded. Um, but anyway, Sam Adams uh, was a real, he was the lightning rod for the American Revolution. He is mentioned in this piece because the night before, when Paul Revere was having his ride, there were two very important men that were meeting with the Reverend Jonas Clark in his home in Lexington. And I, I, by the way, I've taken photos of that home. It's still there. It still exists. I believe they've moved it, but it is the home that Jonas Clark was in. And there he was having in his own home, Sam Adams and John Hancock. <laughs> and the British, you know, had it where by this time, you know, with all the different conflicts that were going on, they said, you know, most of the people will, you know, will uh, stop them, arrest them, will forgive or whatever. But, but when it comes to John, um, Sam Adams, not John, Sam Adams and also John Hancock, these are enemies of the state. And if you find them, string them up. You know, you have our authority or whatever. Well, Sam Adams was, uh, you know, a key leader in the whole push for American, the American Revolution, what became the War for Independence. He was one of the first to realize the only way we as American colonists, therefore as Americans, can experience our God-given rights is if we have an independent nation. Is not America already independent? Then why not declare it? He said, you know, to the Continental Congress, you know, a couple months before the Declaration of Independence was created, about a year after this incident in in Lexington Concord. Anyway, uh, Sam Adams, this is very interesting. In in, in 1786, okay, 1786, or maybe 1787. Anyway, it was was before the Constitutional Convention actually Mm -hmm. got, got started. There was somebody in Massachusetts, a former leader in the military, you know, on the American side, named Daniel Shays. And he led a rebellion because the, the you know, the, the conditions were so bad economically and, and it, it did involve violence and bloodshed and so forth. And someone appealed to Sam Adams and said, well, don't you think that the government should forgive Daniel Shays and all those that joined in this rebellion. And he said, no. Mm -hmm. He said, we are living now at a time where we have the the opportunity as Americans to to address these, you know, redress the the grievances of our government. We have lawful means to do this. These men did something unlawful. When we were under the king's tyranny and the, the tyranny of the parliament back in the 1770s and so forth, then the the you know they they would do what they wanted to willy nilly. It's true. You know, it, it, it's it's astounding. You know, Dan. Here's a here's an example. Most people don't even think about how many times we hear about oh the founding fathers, a uh, bunch of them were you know slaveholders, and you know why should we even listen to the founding fathers, et cetera, et cetera. The sixteen nineteen project wrongly says that well everything it says just about is wrong, but it says <laughs> that the. Uh, that uh, the American Revolution was fought by slaveholders in order to retain their rights of slaveholding and so forth. Yeah. That is just so false. And, and, and here's an example. In, in Fairfax, Virginia, okay, Virginia was one of the main states that did have slavery. And, and yet the House of Burgesses, including George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, George Mason, and others, they, they voted, let us stop the slave trade, yes. at least if we don't allow more slaves to come in. This was in 1774. It was called the Fairfax Resolves. 
And they voted on this. They said, yes, let's do it. They put it into place. And the king of England said, I'm in charge. You're not in charge. And he nixed that rule. And in the first uh, draft of the Declaration of Independence, written by Thomas Jefferson, he has this nice, strong paragraph in there against slavery and saying how a Christian king, so-called, is allowing this horrible practice in our colonies and domain and you know he won't let us you know uh you know expurgate this get get rid of this and so forth this is so different than what we're hearing now it's true what happened was as the rest of the committee of the declaration of independence as they you know weighed the document in total they realized that if we can get this signed unanimously get everybody on board we can address the issue of slavery later by creating the framework by which it can one day be uprooted, which happened. It took a little while, but it did happen. And so anyway, the the reason I bring this up is because many of the founding fathers were indeed working towards a, a, a just and more perfect union. They weren't perfect. But what the left is doing today is they're they're basically making out like, well, look at look at how, you know, um, there was this injustice and that injustice in the colonies at the time that America was born as a nation and therefore it should be discounted and we should just tear it all down and start no. a, start afresh. And you can't have these symbols from the, the American revolution. Oh, besides, look, there's a, a, that guy's holding a rifle. That's a gun. And we've had all these school shootings and so forth. <laughs> oh, well, they didn't have school shootings back then because they had morality back then. Christian yes. morality, And that's what we're lacking. And so anyway, I just, I just thought I'd bring that out because uh, Dr. Kennedy once made a brilliant observation to me, and I, we wrote it up in a book called What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? And I love this point yeah. he made. He said, in Greek mythology, Zeus gave birth to Athena, and he did it right out of the top of his head. In other words, Athena was born right out of the head of Zeus, and she was fully formed and perfect. And yet, you know, that's not the way you know, we know the babies are born and they have to be uh, <laughs> weaned and they have to, you know, they have to, the first year or two, they're completely dependent on, on those around them and so forth. It takes a long time for them to be able to grow up and to become, uh, you know, mature and self-sustaining and, and so forth. And some of them never do grow up, unfortunately. But anyway, that's another story. But um, bottom line is civil liberties and so forth came in America in a country that was founded on the premise that all men are created equal. That set the positive framework. We haven't always lived up to it, but we've, we're definitely striving towards that. The Constitution talks about how um, you know, we are striving to create an ever more perfect union. And so what I don't like is the way these Marxists today are trying to tear it all down. And if you show me any place, Dan, in the world where Marxism has full sway, I'll show you um, you know, a place where it's Hades on earth. I mean, it's just awful yes, yes. for the vast majority of the people, except for the tiny, tiny elite that, you know, they have it, you know, high off the hog. The Castro brothers were doing quite well, thank you. But meanwhile, even medical doctors who were, you know, of great importance and are in, in great importance in, in Cuba, um, a lot of them just, they can't have a, four, a car because they, can aff- they cannot afford it, but they have a bicycle. That's how they get around, sure. you know, to do their their rounds and so forth. And uh, because of the, the 
the, the place is so poor because, you know, the share of the wealth boils down to share the poverty, you know, at the yeah. end of the day. So these people that are trying to tear down America, they're not helping. They're, they're really hurting everything. And so many young people don't have a frame of reference. They don't understand history and so forth. So they, they're, they're just filled with these, all these lies about, oh, America's terrible. America always was terrible. And, you know, they, they, they don't compare America with other countries at the same time that also had slavery all around. As, as Walter Williams said in this series of films I've been making for Providence Forum, providenceforum.org, it's called the American, the foundation of American liberty. But Walter Williams, the late, you know, Dr. Walter Williams, yeah. uh, professor at George Mason University. Um, he used to fill in for Rush Limbaugh, African-American scholar. He died about a year or two after I interviewed him. But this is a brilliant comment. He said, slavery has been mankind's fair from the beginning of recorded history. The, uh, he said, even the word slave is derived from the word Slav, as in the Slavic people. He said, Africans being enslaved is a relatively new development in mm-hmm. world history. And the important thing about the Western world is that it has spent considerable resources to uproot slavery and make it totally illegal. Yes. That's a, you know, that's a profound, brilliant thought. But people don't know this. Young people don't know this. And so no wonder you have soccer players from America on a world stage just totally ashamed of America. Well, I think it's, it reminds me of what George W. Bush said with a sense of humor about 20 years ago. He said, all these terrible things are being said about me. And he said, I don't think I'd like me either if that if those <laughs> things were true. You know. Well, <laughs> our... Our guest today is Jerry Newcomb, and um, I'm thinking right now, Jerry, there may be some homeschoolers out there that maybe they would be interested in some new material, and you're into all of this stuff with Providence Form. Uh, Tell us where they could go online to check you out and maybe get some of your material. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Providence Form is a division of D. James Kennedy Ministries. It was founded by Dr. Peter Lilbeck. He and I wrote a book together. By God's grace, it became a bestseller. It was called George Washington's Sacred Fire. It's a big, thick book, and it documents beyond a reasonable doubt that George Washington was a devout 18th century Anglican and all that that entails. He was a huge reader of the Bible and the Book of Common Prayer of 1662. And uh, we have resources at providenceforum.org, both a print such as that book or the blessings of liberty or uh, also what if Jesus had never been born? What if the Bible had never been written, which includes some chapters on, um, you know, how the Bible helped give birth to the United States of America. But also I've been working on a series of films, uh, which by God's grace uh, include such wonderful guests as Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Oz Guinness, Alveda King, uh, Bill Federer, Travis Witt, Oz Guinness, and so forth. But actually about 20 to 30 different guests, Jenna Ellis. And the gist of it is these seven one-hour-long programs called, the whole series is called The Foundation of American Liberty, show how the Judeo-Christian ethic and and teaching and worldview really shaped America. The first one is all about the pilgrims. The next one is called The City on a Hill. It deals with 
going beyond the pilgrims uh, from starting with the Puritans and then culminating with William Penn and his Christian experiments in, uh, in Pennsylvania, which he called the Holy Experiment. You know, let's make, let's make this large territory of land an area where people can come and worship Jesus according to the dictates of conscience and the state is not going to demand how that they are to worship. And, you know, eventually that became more loose to worship God. And then eventually that came to, well, you can, you can even be a non-believer. What's happened today is the unbelievers are basically taking over and they're trying to force freedom from religion. Well, the founders gave us freedom of religion, which includes the non-believer. Freedom from religion denies the believer. And yet the founders created America in large part, it was created because of the push for religious freedom. Yes. And these documentaries document that. There's a whole section there on, I mean, a whole documentary on how the Bible was the chief textbook. It, it was totally linked with education. All our great schools, all of them, Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, Princeton, William and Mary, Brown, you know, and so forth. These were all founded for the glory of God, the advancement of the Christian faith, uh, maybe different denominations, but it's the same basic goal. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, so that's a really important. And then education for the lower masses, you know, uh, the lower levels beyond university. I mean, earlier than universities. Mm-hmm. We're all Christian and thorough-based. And even the kids even learn their ABCs, learning biblical truths. And then we go on from there to the road to independence, showing how... Uh, it was um, the Great Awakenings, uh, the first and the second, that really helped give birth to America, and then the second Great Awakening playing a role in helping to end uh, the Great Scourge of America, which was slavery. And then we also show how uh, the in that road to independence, we show the link between Christianity and and so much of the push for independence. And there's a whole separate documentary on just one man, George Washington the father of our country, the first president under the U.S. Constitution. And then there's a whole documentary about the Declaration of Independence, uh, endowed by their creator. And then there's also a section on we the people. And the we the people addresses the issue, the arguments that the left has today that, well, you know, it didn't, as I said earlier, the, the all the freedoms didn't come out fully formed right there sure. you know, when they gave us the, the Constitution on September 17th. 1787 everything wasn't perfect right then and there but they created that framework and so we show in that documentary how the promises did come later and you know we have a whole section about abraham lincoln and so forth who was so much informed by what for to what he did in in, uh, by the bible i mean you you cannot read the writings the speeches of abraham lincoln without seeing uh, the influence of the Bible. I mean, even the phrase, a house divided against itself cannot stand. His hearers knew he was quoting Jesus Christ from the Holy Bible. Today, most people think, oh, that's a great statement that Abraham Lincoln came up with. Well, it was a great statement, but he didn't invent it, and, and he would be the first to tell you he didn't invent it. So, you know, it's, just, it's absurd how uh, today we've gotten so far. So, my goal with all of these resources is to inform people. I've even taken a lot of these documentaries and some of the bonus footage that ended up on the cutting room floor, just tremendous sound bites, and put it together in little five-minute increments. Okay. Uh, little five-minute videos called Providence Today, 
videos, and they're at our Providence Today uh, YouTube channel. And so I just, I, to find it, I always go YouTube and then plus Providence Forum. And so anyway, there's um, a few hundred of these um, already. That I, I believe it's a few hundred, a couple hundred at least, uh, where, where we're having all. I know it's dozens and dozens and dozens. It's scores and scores. Anyway, uh, of these these little segments showing that. And then we write a weekly column that goes out in various places. And they're always posted at ProvidenceForum.org. And then lots of podcasts with with people about these things. Um, I love to talk with, with people uh, such as Bill Federer or Dr. Richard Land or um, Mark David Hall. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's, he's a, a professor now at Regents and he's very knowledgeable about America's Judeo-Christian roots. He just recently wrote a book called Proclaim Liberty Throughout the Land, showing how Christianity has been a, a positive force for liberty. Sure. So all these resources, providenceforum.org. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much. Um, we uh, we appreciate what you're doing, and you have so much going. I don't know how you keep going. It's It's got to be tiring. Our, our guest today is Dr. Jerry Newcomb. And again, that uh, website, uh, one more time, maybe the first place they can go to check you all out. Providenceforum.org. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you, Jerry. You're a good brother in the Lord, and oh, we you. pray that God will give you strength and bless the work of your hands, and may, may you prosper in Him. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer 